I know you mad cause they rock with this I know you mad cause I'm popping shit I know you mad you can't drop like this You mad I'm gon' shine you can't stop the shit Why you hating they love me for what I do Keep it so G yeah that's how I move You thought you could see me I change a view Got a man when you win niggas pray you lose What's up everybody Welcome to another episode of Uncork the podcast Today we got two sports aficionados in the building They heard some things uh, That they might agree or disagree with from the last pod that we dropped, uh, I'm gonna let them introduce themselves. Uh, hey, Weezy, you 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 go first. All right, man. You already know what it is, man. Co-host of Uncourt, uh, we here checked in, we swagged out, we tapped in. Oh yeah, you know what we about, man. We about to get to dive into college football. Uh, it's your boy Suave Magico Instagram. Also on Snapchat, this smooth magic in Spanish with the <laughs> underscore in the middle. Suave underscore Majico. My boy Jay, go ahead and take it. This your boy Six Up One Jimmy Jew. What it do? Listen, James, I'll give him an introduction. <laughs> one third of uh Jacktown Classics, one fourth of Act Accordingly, Sports Aficionado, uh Jacktown Jew. Uh, and he your guest on on court. So if you watched the last episode, another co-host from uh Jacktown classes was Zay. He had a hot take on uh the performance that went on in the celebration bowl. Mm-hmm. Now this TikTok is going viral. We at, we currently at uh fifty thousand views on TikTok okay. with with over uh six thousand likes and like over a hundred and fifty comments, probably two hundred comments. Mm-hmm. So the TikTok community is some agreeing, some disagreeing. Like they having whole conversations in the thread. So I'm gonna play the clip for y'all, and I just want y'all take on it. Y'all can you know take y'all time, take turns on this little you know hot one minute snippet of a 48 minute podcast. So uh, shout out to my boy Zay, 95ix. Yeah, I'm gonna put it somewhere. <laughs> 95 IXX Whatever <laughs> But uh, I'm gonna go and play this clip And if y'all looking for You can find it on TikTok YouTube Instagram It'll be there For sure No Back to back to back Two of them Wasn't on Wasn't completely on uh, Shador Because Their offense need to go to the barbershop Because they need a line because <laughs> um, like two of them got tipped because of too much uh-huh. pressure penetration. <laughs> um, then defensively, I was telling James this. All after this game, all three Sanders need to do some soul searching. Dion got flat out coached. Shador didn't he be played like trash? To be fair, Shallow is a liability. He been a liability all season. He got that one pick. But then he tried he tried that tackle that that running back bounced off him like a damn pinball. <laughs> I wouldn't trust a nigga to wrap my gifts. He can't he can't wrap up at all. Or he choose not to. I'm not gonna say he can't. He choose not to for whatever reason. Maybe he think he finna just come in there and blow a nigga up. But okay, that's the that's the clip, y'all. That's the clip. Uh, <laughs> interesting <Man>. clip. <laughs> interesting take by my guy Zay. Uh, so lead the thing off, hey Weezy. What you what you think about what he said about the uh celebration bowl and 
uh, some of the takes he had on the, the Sanders that's a part of the Jackson State organization? All right. Uh, real quick. Uh, interesting take by my guy Zay. I agree with a lot of what he said, and I disagree with a lot of what he said as well. But um, before I even dive into rebutting what he said, let me just give you my perspective on what I seen from the Celebration Bowl. Um, Jackson State came out fired up, ready to play. Um, Coach Prime, inspiration on the sidelines. We know his story. We know how he's bouncing back from his health issues. We also know um, uh, Young Jeezy kind of giving an inspirational speech before the game as well. So the football team, uh, shout out to Jeezy as well, my favorite rapper, and also <laughs> your rapper's favorite rapper. Uh, but back to the point, uh, we're going to talk about uh, Jets State coming out fired up. They played um, pretty good football that first quarter, if you ask me. They came out uh, attacking. Um, defense played very well. Had the quarterback um, fields flustered for South Carolina State pretty much the entire first half. Um, the offense, man, uh, they played um, relatively well. If you just want me to uh, kind of give them a grade scale of 1 to 10, they probably played at a 6. Um, they played relatively well, uh, was able to move the football, Um I think Shadur made some timely plays. Um, also, the defense made some timely plays as well. Um, Shiloh got that interception um, early in that first half, as they alluded to. But he also said that um, he kind of bouncing off, uh, you know, the running back like a pinball. But now, <laughs> as you, as we know, football is a complimentary game. So um, I feel like the defense pretty much held up as long as they could. It was the offense. Um, of Jackson State that really didn't show up because um we all know football and we all know that if you continue to put a defense out there, um they're gonna eventually fold at some point. And the offense just failed to produce consistent first downs, and they showed a unwillingness for some reason as they've shown previously earlier in their sweat competition to where they just refused to run the football consistently. And we know uh, running the football on a good defense wins majority of the games for you. And I feel like if they would have ran the football more and took um, a more conservative approach to kind of churn in yards and get the defense guessing, because uh, the defense pretty much knew that Jesse State was going to kind of premier uh, Shadur like they've been doing pretty much majority of the year, too much throwing of the football. Um, the same thing that kind of doomed us against equal to or better competition in Louisiana Monroe. If we can remember uh, early in the year, we played that game pretty close, but we lost nine to seven. They kicked three. Seven. Right. kicked four field goals. Right, kicked four field goals to pretty much beat us, and we <laughs> scoring the only touchdown early that game, but we never scored again kind of similar to these results in the Celebration Bowl. So I think uh, I agree with Zayon. Um, they got out coach. I don't know if that means that we need to get another offensive coordinator in there or what, but I definitely think that Shadur will grow and learn. Don't roll out the pocket every chance you get after you don't see your first two reads. Um, he's not that athletic. Um, 
So and he has great pocket presence, but he's not that athletic enough to just continue to scramble. Like he needs to uh, stay true in the pocket and um, continue to develop. He's a true freshman, so I'm gonna give him the benefit of the doubt because although he has played very well in the SWAC, um, once we get the going out of conference to these teams, they also produce three star plus players. Um, we've shown the ability to play well with these teams, but we just haven't been able to put it all together and show that we can compete at a consistent level against these teams. So I won't just completely put it all on um, bad coaching and, and shallow on the defensive end because the defense actually played pretty well. And as a overall team, they played well that first half, but kind of wore down in that second half as uh, the over – the more talented South Carolina State started to wane on them, and then the uh, talent ultimately prevailed. So when you're an underdog, you have to kind of start out fast, play well, and um, take it from there and kind of jump on top of them when the game is kind of in tow, and then you can kind of ride it from there. And when the game get tight, you kind of give yourself a chance. But in this situation, Jackson State just didn't play well enough. So piggybacking on Zay Point, what do you think, James? Well, <clears throat> number one, I'm going to start at your Jeezy thing. <laughs> I did not I, like that. I knew you was going to start this that. This Jackson State University, we ain't, man, we done. Forgive me, Jeezy. We don't give a damn about no Jeezy. I mean, we do as a rapper, mm-hmm. but on the sideline of my football game, man, we about to play some football, man. This ain't no thug motivation, motherfucker. You better take that shit back you know, to You know what I think? You know what I think? I feel like since they was in Atlanta and Jeezy just don't have to be available. Because I ain't never heard Jesus say nothing about no damn Jackson State. But I'm let y'all this 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 y'all you. Uh go ahead, Giant. So I'm gonna start go back to Zay Point about the three Santas doing some soul search. I'm not gonna say Shadur played trash, because like you say, he a true freshman. Shadur played the game he's been playing all year. Mm-hmm. He's a timely playmaker. Mm-hmm. He is great from the neck up. One thing he ain't. He ain't no game breaker. Mm-hmm. You cannot put the game on him and expect him to win it. He did it one time this year against Southern mm-hmm. in Baton Rouge. Hell of a time to do it. <laughs> Glad you did do yep, it. Big rivalry game. Yeah. But he did it one time this year. I told Zay, when we when we get to the point where Shadur got to put up 25 plus for us to win, we done. He just he ain't there. And he might get there as he matriculate through Jackson State. Absolutely. But he's not there yet. So, also, I told Zay, he do got great pocket awareness. But one thing you notice about him, I don't I don't mind the scrambles five, six yards and slide. Because one thing about it, they was dropping eight. Or like, either they were blitzing or they were dropping eight. Absolutely. So, if they drop eight, take the five, six, get down, keep your third downs and third and four and short. That way you can give a run the game. He was trying to force it. I feel like mm-hmm. he was trying to force the ball into coverage, and when the blitz was coming, he didn't see where it was coming from. They did a great job. They go back to coaching, too. They did a great job of not tipping their hand for him to know what was going on. Mm-hmm. Kind of like you see people have to do with Brady. Like, you got to make Brady play football, but you can't show him beforehand what you're going to do. So when they was uh, dropping eight and rushing three, He's trying to figure out where to go with the ball, throw a little drag, throw the little drag routes, you know, five or six yards, but that's what they wanted. Mm-hmm. It played into their hands. Right. It was some things that I 
I would have been done differently. Like I told Zay, I would have been put Warren Newman in the backfield. Mm. I'd have made them play him out the backfield because we line him up in the slot. We got two what six five receivers. Like, come on, we got enough uh, talent at receiver. Mm-hmm. Play him out the backfield, even if you use him as a receiver. Get him on the linebacker. I five ten yards you down the field. That's what Brady been doing his whole career. But you mm-hmm. got to stay patient to do that. And Peyton Manning. And, yeah, Manning oh, was. Speak Manning. on the greatest quarterback of all time. <laughs> speak on the greatest quarterback that ever laced the football, the great Peyton Manning. But on on Coach Prime, uh, I'm going to be real with you. I, I don't got nothing against him. I'm happy he here. Mm-hmm. He has always striked me as more of an athletic director than a football coach. Mm. The all the the Gillian Wallow on the sideline, nah. If anybody gonna be on the sideline, it's your ex players of this university. Not no goddamn celebrities. Mm. They ain't been here. They don't represent this shit. This is what we do. But he ain't been here. Right. If I'm the AD, I make that shit known, man. You listen. I'm all for the promotion. But get these motherfuckers. G's ain't got no business on the sideline. That shit ain't help you win that game. Because when that nigga Shaq Davis, number one, was out there hooping on your motherfucking ass, <laughs> I don't give a damn what motivation G's came with. Because that nigga over there, they play football. You got to be a football coach. Now, the shit he did in the – did you see the pregame thing where he walked, where he took his first couple steps? Right, right, Beautiful. right. Beautiful. That's the shit to get you fired up. Like you said, they came out ready to play. Okay. First quarter, that ready, that all that shit. Hurrah, hurrah, hooray. Second, third, fourth quarter, come from up here. Right, they go back right. to getting our coach. Yeah. You ain't put your best corner on their best receiver. Come on, man. Your best corner, the number one Juco corner coming out last year. And you ain't, you lock them up man to man. Right. This, this You played DB. That's what you would have wanted. You ain't going to do it with him? Come on, man. And to Shiloh, he been doing that shit all year. Not wrapping up. But once again, like, what you want. That's what they say they need to do some soul searching. And I guess this is soul searching. What do you want out of this? Do you want to be the nigga known for big hits and headache game? Or do you want to be a great safety? Wrap up. When the ball in the air and these niggas, once again, this nigga Shaq Davis snagging on you and who the corner was, which I ain't no problem. That's part of football, bro. Like, you're going to give up plays. That ain't no problem. But you showboat your way there, and you got humbled. Take that humble pie and get your ass back and get better. Niggas ain't going to want to hear this because it's Deion Sanders and his and his sons, but at the same time, they done, he done made a spectacle of the whole football program. Now, it's worked. You get the number one recruit in the country. You draw so much attention. But with that come everything else that came. And these niggas, this nigga on the phone, this nigga uh, Shaq Davis on his phone before the game over with. Mm. Basically so disrespectful as the show. You know what I'm saying? Like, these motherfuckers can't fuck with us. They got a sledgehammer on the sideline. Come on, man. So, uh, did you want to uh, say anything to what he said? Cause yeah, 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 definitely. Uh, I agree with a lot of what 
what you're saying, but like, uh, it's kind of like I, I look at it both ways. I look at it as if I agree with you as far as um, they definitely got out coach, but I, I feel like um, it was, it was more so offensively. Like I'm I'm not gonna put a lot of the blame on um on shallow um because i feel like uh you got different you got different styles of safeties and when i look at him he's more of a free safety if i project him at the next level if he continues to matriculate and a lot of free safeties are not just your best tacklers like let's just be honest about that like everybody you know on the football field is not don't, i mean everybody ain't going to be Ed Reed into Ed Reed's credit he he ain't he wasn't just looking to lay the wood on people even in his Baltimore days. Like he was more out there ball hawking. And that's what Shiloh brings to the table. But you know, but but you know, even still, I do agree with the point that Jackson State has a lot of talent. They they are much more talented as far as the level of recruits that they've had previously over the uh previous years. And this was a humble, this was some humble pie as far as like you know, you got to play for a full game. You know what I'm saying? You just can't show up, play fired up one half, and then come back the next half kind of lackadaisical when you haven't built a comfortable league, when you haven't, you know what I'm saying? Like you said, it's from the neck up once once attrition kicks in. Yeah. So, you know, I definitely agree with it. And as far as Coach Prime is concerned, um, I, I, I definitely feel like he's been doing a phenomenal job, and I think a lot has been masked because we dominated the swag. And as you said, like that comeback, uh, dominated or won, because it's a difference. Mm, that popcorn win one dominating. That sweat championship win one dominating. That southern win one dominate. That valley win one dominate. We dominated one but team. They all wins. That's true. And that was perfect in the sweat. They didn't lose a sweat game. So but. essentially, that's. Domination. I mean, they <laughs> undefeated in the swag is domination. But 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 I, I get what you're saying. I definitely though. understand what you're saying about everything was close. It wasn't just you know Patriot esque yeah. in 2007. If you want to say just dominate, even though they had a couple of close wins here and there. But for for the most part, they were swagging niggas. Right. So uh, I, I mean, you know, I think if it's definitely a lot of room for improvement. Um, I think if we get some solid running backs and I think that coach prime this was his first full season even though we, he did play in the spring so I think as we definitely gain more talent and um give him more time to implement what he's trying to implement granted that he stays um multiple years which I hope and pray he does um I think it'd be a great thing um and I think we'll continue to grow from this because like uh to your point these are a lot of true freshmen playing so they can only learn and get better and real quick to Shadur before we uh get into something else, man. He's a freshman. And he he's uh from what I've analyzed on him is he's suffering from a lot of those um mistakes that young quarterbacks typically make. Like he holds the ball way too long. Um, to your point about when the defense was either dropping three or sending the blitz, the offensive line played tremendous. Like even when they Blitzed Like the line picked it up Like Shadur had ample time To throw that football But he holds the ball He's he's uh, He religiously rolls right Which is predictable And he's not that athletic To your point as well So like 
he's he's he has that pocket athleticism yeah, to he, where he can escape pressure. He can move up well in the pocket, move around well enough. But he's don't he don't he's not a game breaker. He's he's not gonna win like beating you with his legs. Like he's a five to six yard scrambler and slider, yeah, like you said. It's cool. So um, yeah. So uh, before before you go, we speaking as real Jasonians, not none of this new age. Just came when Prime showed up. Yeah, like, this shit it, go way back. This and this is no hating. Everyone at this table is a Jackson State uh alum. Uh, so we went to Jackson State. So. This, I still go. <laughs> so the things that their their opinions are based on unbiasedness. We love what Dion has brought, the opportunity he has brought to the HBCUs. It's just we're being very, we're just being objective, and we're looking at it like we will look at any other situation that we're not related to. Like if we were just judging up a, a Alabama and Auburn game or something like that. People make. Commentary all the time. We just, I mean, people gonna have their comments. If you want to tear us down because we talking about Jackson State in a positive or negative light, that's cool. We're just giving our opinion. But mm-hmm. since we are talking about Jackson State, they landed Travis Hunter, number one, number two recruit in the country, five star, first time in uh, HBCU history that they yeah. a five star has came. Straight out of high school. Straight out of high school. Um, so, we landed him. And uh, I, you might be familiar with Doug uh, Go- Gottlieber. Gottlieb. Gottlieb. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, definitely Doug Gottlieb. <laughs> so, he had some comments. And I will play the clip, but I'm not. I'll, I'll, pretty, I'll briefly say what he said. Uh, did you uh, hear the clip? I haven't. I haven't heard it. Oh, uh, did you hear the clip, James? Yeah. Okay. So, essentially, he was saying that he doesn't understand why Twitter is giving so much praise for this recruit making a horrible decision and coming to Jackson State. He also said that, uh, and I'm paraphrasing, he also said that uh, if we just look at the the facts of the matter and not focus on the praise and the attention that uh, what he's doing for HBCUs, uh Pretty much basically saying that, like, uh, it was a bad decision if you going based on the history of what has been successful in the past for people going to college. So, uh, do y'all want to chime in on on it, or do y'all want to just chime in on the recruit? What it what it's bringing to the city and the conference and the black colleges as a whole. For black colleges as a whole, is great because it could get. Uh, I, honestly, I don't think we ever gonna get to a point where four and five stars just completely only come back to HBCUs. But I do think he can open up the doors for where, um, the ESPN three hundred, let's say, twenty to thirty percent consider HBCUs. You know, three hundred people, twenty percent is sixty. Yeah. So of that, if we get ten, so we get thirty of the three hundred to come to HBCUs, then shit. You can't complain about that. Um, I think it could bring a lot to the city of Jackson. Just his off debt alone. Um, he already done started when you look at it because I seen the thing on IG. I don't know if you've seen it about him 
They asked him why he came, and he said once he had a piece of a stump burger, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. He was sold. Like, that's a commercial in itself or some shit. Like, he already immersing himself in Jackson culture with Stamps Burger. Um, so I think it's great. On the field, I haven't seen nothing but highlights, but of the highlights I've seen, like, he's special. He a special talent. Um, I also think this, I'm not a fool. Don't sound like a hater, but Deion Sanders has a lot to do with him being here. So, yeah, the HBCU stuff is a, it's a feather in the cap. Yeah. But to get coached by Deion Sanders is great. Like, he was committed to Florida State, so they let yeah. you know what he thinks about Deion Sanders, which yeah. is nothing wrong with. It's absolutely nothing wrong. This is probably the best football player of all time. And it ain't no secret. Like, we, I feel like everybody know he came because of Deion Sanders. Yeah. I feel if Deion Sanders wasn't here, he wouldn't be here. Nah, he wouldn't. But that is, that, that's no knock. That's just yeah, fact. It, it's just what it is, mm-hmm. yeah. It is what it is. Um, I think it's a great thing. I just wish um, – I say this. Him coming going to be vital, but once we could get Mississippi four and five stars to coming back, I think that's when it has to stay in power. You can't expect a kid from Georgia if Deion Sanders is not here to come to Jackson State. But if you build a foundation with the Mississippi kids, you might start to see a change. So you 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 kind of want uh, some of the Mississippi five stars to kind of trend to yeah. the HBCUs that's in the state. Yeah, just that, or it, it could be anywhere. Because I'm gonna tell you something. You look at like um, Hugh Jackson going to Grambling. Like if one of them Louisiana boys four or five stars, like if one do something, they gonna like it's gonna fuck the game up. But they come in hiring. See, it's deep. It go to hiring coaches. Yeah, mm-hmm. like if I'm um, if I'm Hugh Jackson, who is the head coach at Grambling, I look into the New Orleans public school system. Me personally, I think New Orleans got the best public school football talent in America. That's including Miami. I hire one of their public school coaches. There's a head coach to come to Grambling. So now I'm gonna tap into that. It just is, you know, what I'm saying it's a trickle down effect. But yeah, I think it's great. I do think it's great because you got to get the one to open the door and then get the headlines too. Yeah, but as far as Doug Gottlieb come in, he went deep. As in, like this is why his coming came out racist to me when he started talking about uh him going to Florida State or Georgia, or Texas, and them. Number one, nigga, when the last time a cornerback from Texas and them went pro? Okay, <laughs> don't hold your breath. But um, <laughs> he was like he was talking about jobs, and even if he don't make it pro. You know, the network of jobs and all this shit. Just like basically a HBCU education ain't shit. Forget football. Yeah. He just went to the education ain't shit, the network ain't shit, just like down in the shit. And it's like, bro, what? <laughs> like, you you really showing your true colors. <laughs> For real. I mean, his last name, Gottlieb, or whatever. So. Whatever the shit is. Doug Gottlieb. Doug Gottlieb. <laughs> all right. So, yeah. what's your take on that, Wheezy? Man, it's crazy. I'm going to first get start off with Doug Gottlieb. Um, his comments, absolutely ludicrous, insane, ignorance, uh, all wrapped in one to just be just plain stupid. Um, does Doug Gottlieb not know that Steve McNair came out of HBCU? Warren Moon, uh, Walter Payton, a bunch of Hall of Famers Gee. came out of uh, HBCUs. And if he... Uh, Needs to be educated on these things We could definitely do that today Um, It doesn't matter What platform you play on 
Ask Cam Newton. Um, he was booted out of Florida for the reasons that we know. He went to Blend. I don't even know what that is. But people still saw him. Auburn still wanted him. And he still went and delivered a national championship. Um, let's just hypothetically say, uh, okay, and then also let me just bring in like players like Carson Wentz, North Dakota State. Um, it doesn't matter where you are. If you are talented, the NFL scouts will find you. That is why they get paid major bucks to find diamonds in a rough. It's a bunch of people in SEC programs and Pac-12 programs and all over this country. But if you can find those diamonds in the rough, you gold. Like, if you are a certain star-level recruit, you get pulled and you get watched regardless of where you go. Travis Hunter knows that the NFL scouts will be watching him while at Jackson State. Now, it's going to be big upon him to be dominant because if you are a five-star recruit, and you go to a lower level conference and way lower level like the SWAC is, you're expected to be dominant. I expect Travis Hunter to do all of those things like play both sides of the football like Dion did in college and catch passes, catch screens, get out there in space, utilize his speed, and also play DB full time. Um, I think NFL scouts will trust that Deion Sanders tutelage as a Hall of Fame DB probably – and inarguably is the best DB of all time. Um, if I'm an NFL scout, he's getting drafted in the fourth round at minimum. Even if he just flames out in the swag or doesn't have as as a, a dominant season as we project. I'm drafting him just solely on, okay, you was under Coach Prime. We're gonna we're just gonna get you anyway. You are five star. You are highly rated. People bank on those kind of things, you know what I'm saying, when they factor in you being drafted. So, Doug Gottlieb, do your research. Look at all the Hall of Fame talent that has come out of HBCUs. We're not thinking about business decision decisions. Um, the NCAA has recently opened doors for college players to get paid off their name. So, it doesn't matter where you go. Um, and I also rebuke those allegations that um, Travis Hunter accepted a prior deal before signing and switching to Jackson State. I believe those reports to be absolutely false as well. So, um, yeah, I think uh, Doug Gobley, um comments are insane. Um, you can make money anywhere. If you're talented, the scouts shall find you. Um, in regards to Travis Hunter, I think this is huge for the university. Um, I definitely um, believe that Deion Sanders being at Jackson State, as I re- uh, previously um, said on the um, podcast when we were talking about um, Jackson State and how far they can go in the conference, um, it's bringing in more notoriety to these um, these African-American coaches who has taken these opportunities to kind of coach in a major university. Coming back to HBCUs as Hugh Jackson – as um Eddie George um in Tennessee State um and uh these other coaches this former NFL players kind of taking hold of these jobs and hiring former NFL staff members who have been blackballed out of NFL jobs like a Hugh Jackson and um it's kind of working out in both worlds to where they're gaining that notoriety they're getting the pro level coaching and assistant coaches in the building 
and it's attracting these um, three-star recruits. It's attracting these four-star recruits, recruits that we haven't been previously getting. Because let's be honest, HBCUs gets these lower-level recruits. Um, the only time we get a three-star-level three level recruit is when they've done something horrific at a major university, and then they have to come to us in order just to continue to play and continue to have eyeballs on them. So I think I definitely think all of these things have factored into the HBCUs growing. I've come along to uh, agree with Malik's previous comments that we debated about this in a previous podcast about Jack State leaving a swack because I, uh, like Dion said in his um, interview on ESPN doing the Celebration Bowl, this is bigger than just Jackson State. It's it's about Grambling. It's about Southern. It's about um, Prairie View and all of these other schools. Um, we're bringing that attention to the conference in in a as a whole. And like you said, um, James, like this is just the first domino. Like we can get these better players as more coaches branch out and more NFL style. Um, Coaching that kind of coming to fruition So we'll kind of be on a level playing field Because that's what Dion is trying to do He's trying to put us on a level playing field To where we can get those eyeballs And actually get drafted So to your point About um, Number one Not number one But again Travis Hunter Want to know who I would be extremely happy That he came to Jackson State Mm -hmm. The competition Because if I'm the competition I know the pro scouts coming to see him so now, when I play him, I know I got him watching me. Absolutely, I can get drafted based on having a good game against this nigga. Absolutely, <laughs> like shit. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But I don't. I do want um, HBCUs to to get you know to have a shot at the four and five stars. But I don't want us to lose our why we're here in the first place. Because when all those Hall of Famers were going to HBCUs, it's because you couldn't go to the PWIs. So now when they start to get all the top black athletes, a lot of diamonds in the rough still, even during the 90s, um, were coming to HBCUs because we're actually the last HBCU to have two players drafted in the first round in the 2000 draft in Sylvester Morris and Rashad Anderson. Mm-hmm. And um, even guys like Keontae Hampton that's been four-year starter, C.J. Holmes, Warren Newman, like these diamonds in the rough that are – like they didn't get big offers, they didn't have them. So this was really might have been they only shot to play Division One football and get the HBCU experience at the same time. So I still want us to continue to recruit guys like that. Don't just focus on getting four and five stars. And also to the coaching thing, I think those guys like Hugh Jackson, Deion Sanders, and Eddie George, they have an extreme responsibility to uplift coaches who are coaches. Meaning that Hugh Jackson is the only coach of the three. When I say coach, I mean life coach, like lifer. Like he's a coach. That's what he do. Mm -hmm. Deion Sanders was a football player. Eddie George was a football player. A Heisman winner who turned coach with no coaching experience, but he got the job off his name. Deion Sanders, if your name not Deion Sanders, you don't get this job by your resume. It still got to be respect shown to the coaches. Hugh Jackson's a different story. Because he's been a coach, head coach at the NFL level, uh, quarterback guru. So I don't want us to lose sight of even because everybody talk about getting players to come, but coaches is important too, maybe the most important. So I still want up and coming coaches 
who don't got the name, the NFL qualifications to still get their shot with HBCUs. Because I would take it personally. Like, if I'm, like, this nigga going back to the Celebration Bowl, like, I take this shit personal, man. Like, you you, you taking up a spot by your name. Like, nah, I'm finna make an example out of you when I play you. Y'all go grab this sludge hammer. Come on. Put them motherfucker in the dirt when we play their ass. Real, real quick, real quick, because I, I, I got to disagree. Because, I mean, look, let me give you an example. And he's doing an excellent job now, so this might be a bad example. But like, let me let me throw in like, like a um like a Mike Vrabel. He was a former player, right? He's currently head coach of the Tennessee Titans NFL squad. He spent maybe um a few seasons on Kansas City sideline as a D coordinator. And he's a uh, and he immediately like never had to go down in the ranks to coach. He never had to like resort to going to high school and building his resume and like you know like why is it that when a African American coach is get, like is getting denigrated on the HBCU level, let alone like Hugh Jackson just left coaching my Cleveland Browns. And I actually think he did a, a pretty decent job. Like, Baker Mayfield was not ready to start. He's not trash. He's just average. But nonetheless. Uh, just like John. He trash. <laughs> but nonetheless, we'll, we'll, we'll debate that another time. But nonetheless, I feel like these coach, like these, uh, like, like with all due respect, I, I, I respect your opinion about Dion, but. He did go eleven and one in the swag, like his first season, and then in spring football went. I think he went either undefeated or lost one game. He was three and three, and in his spring yeah. season, all corn quit though. Let's not let's not let that go without mention. All corn quit and didn't want to play the season, so we were four and three. <laughs> right. All corn quit and did not want to play. Right, right. Your defending swag, two thousand nineteen champions, quit. But it was a it was a lot of COVID going on. That was during the COVID mm-hmm, season, mm-hmm. so I'm not gonna really factor too much into that. But nonetheless, like these these African American coaches, like these former players, like Dion and Eddie George, it's other former white players that has gotten ample opportunities and never had to go this Name far him. down just to get a, a Name job. Name them. Mike Vrabel. I just Mike Vrabel got his job on the NFL level after he played professional football. So why why what's the difference between Eddie George? Like why why does Eddie, Eddie George, George have to never go coached? Off? Period. And but, you but, but Mike Vrabel never coach, coached. But before you said he, he got did the, assistant. You did but, assistant. But why why did it have to be at the NFL level? Why 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 he ain't have to start start all the way down to the trenches? Like just all the way down like Eddie George. But sometimes that's how the cookie crumble. Yeah right. Oh oh yeah. But it, it, the cookie is crumbling for former white players that were coaches. But the cookie is crumbling for the probably the best DB in NFL history. Got to go all the way down to the swag. I'm gonna tell you job. why. I'm gonna tell you why. Because you taking a job from somebody who not gonna get a job unless it's at this level. You can get a job at another level. Dion could go be a DB coach at the NFL level. He could have been did it. Let's not fool ourselves. Eddie George could have went and been a running back coach at the NFL level. Let's not kid ourselves. This is a Heisman winning player. Heisman. This motherfucker won a Heisman. Dion ain't win no Heisman. This motherfucker won a Heisman. Dion is the greatest football player of all time. 
They could have made their way in the NFL. Doug found a way back to the NFL. You know he had to do his ass first, though? Come back to Grambling. But Doug paid his dues. He's a Grambling alumni. That's what I'm saying. It's not the problem that they getting a job. It's just that you ain't, in the quote Friday, you ain't put in on this man. I I, I want to say something to that, too, because y'all know I don't know nothing about football, but this is what I'm thinking in regards to I'm just going to use Dion for instance. Dion is not just a, a, a Hall of Fame football player. He's Dion primetime Sanders. So, him, so like, I feel like he has went places that his name has taken him that other Hall of Famers can't go. Because you can be an NFL Hall of Famer and not be primetime. So, him landing this job, I feel like it was more on him being prime time than than his coaching ability. Not saying he can't coach, but it's because he prime time. That's all I'm saying. So I, I don't think it's a knock against black coaches. I think it's a knock against someone that's known for something other than their coaching in regards with Deion Sanders. He's known for his charisma, personality, and being a Hall of Fame player, not coaching. Even though he has coached. Yeah. So let me ask y'all. And, and one more thing. I feel like with him being at that level in regards to like being a personality, he might feel like he can just jump the the gun and, and don't have to start from the bottom like other people have to. Or like take a a job that you were talking about, like a DB coaching position and, and try to come from the bottom. He he want he wanted from the jump. Yeah. Instant gratification. So that's just my take on it. That's tough for me. That's tough for me. Because I'm 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 gonna pick I'm gonna pick both of y'all to pieces right now. Don't use Hugh, because like I said, Hugh Hugh is a coach. That's why I well, didn't say Well, him. I'm gonna say this. In Hugh Jackson's case, I do think it's because he wanna be there. Because I mean, I'ma say Hugh Jackson chose to be in Grambling just to kind of continue to be a head coach. Because after the, the situation in Cleveland, it's gonna be relatively hard for him to kind of oh, bounce he back. blackballed, like you said. Right, right, right. He's I think he's been blackballed like he had a Mark Jackson one and type shit. He had a one and fifteen season, then he bounced back with like the publicity of, of benching Baker and making him the number two quarterback on hard knocks and, and kind of how that season went and him being fired mid seasons for Freddie Kitchens. But nonetheless, I think Hugh Jackson probably needs this, like, you know, just to kind of keep his name fresh and kind of stay coaching so when the next opportunity strikes, he'll be ready. But to you two's point, first, I believe that if Deion Sanders, him being at Jackson State, if he was as big as both of you guys say he is, not only as a character and, like, his charisma is concerned, like, as far as, like, his celebrity, and being a Hall of Fame coach, why in the God's name would he be in Jackson, Mississippi if he was that big and then he would not have been in Florida State in one of these other premier coaching college football Power 5 conferences jobs? Because as you know, James, Florida State, Florida State job since Jimbo Fencer since Jimbo Fisher has been a revolving door. Yeah. It's been ample opportunity to bring back an alum, 
up, not only a, a, an alum of the university in Dion, and all of those things that you guys said about him being a celebrity and a Hall of Famer. Like, why would he? It, it, I'm gonna take it back to what something Dion said in his press conference. He has his 40 acres in a mule. He wouldn't come to Jackson State unless he actually really, really wholeheartedly wanted to be there. Like, for what who? celebrity? Like, what? It's unprecedented. Like, what other name, even on a a lower scale, has come to any of these HBCUs besides Deion Sanders that we can kind of date back to? Like, it's nobody. You proving my point. And and I want to say, because like I say, I don't know much about college football. I just know what I see. Right. Go ahead. How many dominant black coaches it is in college football? I feel like, to a certain extent, college football is still like black players, white coaches. Absolutely. Typically, I don't even want to say it, but modern day slavery to a certain extent. I'm pushing the button, but what I'm saying is that his name means things in the NFL level and probably lower than Power 5 competition. But in Power 5, it's traditionally white coaches and black players. That's what it is. So, his name ain't don't really carry no weight like talking about unless he's going to be like one of those coordinators or well not a coordinator, but like a wide receiver or a cornerback coach or something yeah. like that. He ain't finna just go get no job in no power five school. Why? Because he black. But and he that's can, the truth. He can now. You wanna know why? They done seen the motherfucker coach. And that, that, the now, they, now they see his value. Yeah, yeah. Now they seeing that, okay, we don't need the white man. He's still going to bring these black and players, and that's what they really want. They don't want no black coach. They want the black players. So you know what they want him to do? They want him to go be a coon. They I want him to go up there and dance and yeah. get them players. Shucking and jiving. So that's that's hey, my take on it. Hey, look, and, 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 the, and, the, and I love that take, and I actually agree with I I definitely agree with that. I definitely agree with that. And this comes from people personally. I don't know shit about football. But you looking at, but that's the, that's the beauty of it because you're looking at it from a outside perspective of like what it means, all things minus football. Yeah. So that that's the beauty of your tape. But to bring it into fruition of like what it means on the culture perspective of football, I think he's doing an excellent job. Great staff, but he's doing an excellent job. Like like to be a head coach. And it goes back to the point I made about, like, these um, former players who are getting blackballed from these jobs, like how you're saying like, in the Power Five conferences. It's it's like the best of both worlds, going back to a point I made on the previous podcast. Like, they can not only segue themselves to these lower-tier jobs to give them the publicity that they've been lacking. Like, as much as you say that you don't like how Dion has gotten young Jeezy and all this stuff, they – like – Jesse State might have deserved this kind of publicity and attention for years, but wouldn't have never gotten it until now. So I appreciate this. Like, I appreciate Jack, uh, looking at Jesse State on ABC. Mike Tarico calling our game. Like, I love that. Like, this is Jackson State. I'm an alum. I want to see Jackson State on the biggest spotlight possible. Like, this is like this is this does my heart well. And even though you might disagree, like I I mean. I believe that the best of both worlds are being like backs are being scratched on both sides. Like these former players who know the game and who have played this game at a high level 
I know they can coach. Like, I mean, if, if I played the, the, the game on the NFL level, NFL level, I know what I'm saying out there. I know I can teach young men, and that doesn't define me as a leader. And, and like, I can segue these HBCU jobs and t- to the spotlight to where these Power 5 conferences have to respect me. And not only that, I'm getting some of their players and, and shining a spotlight on the players as well. So, like, I don't see where. So, where the coaches, though, the coaches who been lifelong coaches who the only job they can get is a Jackson State. That's what I'm saying. You taking a job away from them. Then you bringing your assistants are not of that help. You going to get assistance. Like, no disrespect, Dennis Thurman come from the NFL. He's been an NFL coordinator. Yeah, true. Where's the new blood that ain't going to get no job if Jackson State don't hire them, if Grambling don't hire them, if Southern don't hire them? They stuck at Colin, Hines Community College. Like you say, you got your 40 acres. So I feel like if you Deion Sanders and you got yours, you got a, a, a not just to uplift the players coming up, mm-hmm. the next generation of coaches. This was being lost. Because what be lost in a lot of the previous sweat glory, Gremlin, Eddie Robinson there from post-World War II to the 90s, handed off to Doug Williams. That's why that program was so strong for so long. Coaching, Jackson State, Bob Hill came, 71. W.C. Gordon on Bob Hill staff. James Carson, defensive coordinator for W.C. Gordon, played at Jackson State, 92. He died, rest in peace. 99, Robert Hughes on those staffs. You pass the torch from coaches to coaches to coaches. Mm-hmm. But they bleed this shit. Doug Williams bleed Grammar. These motherfuckers bled Jackson State. This motherfucker, it, let me quit calling my motherfucker. He can – there's no problem going to get Deion Sanders to be your coach. But you got to understand that this the swag ain't that. This ain't Florida State where, it to me, it's just about winning. We at a different place in history where it's about how you win. Yeah, it look nice to go win. That celebration ball, like, real talk, we lost that motherfucker for a reason. Mm-hmm. It might have been meant, like, from a high power. Like, we needed to lose so he could see, like, bro, we don't give a damn about the celebrity endorsements, bro. This swag football, this shit going to go on with or without you. Because them players who play for South Carolina State, they might have one or two to go pro. That was their Super Bowl to win that game. And you should have made it known to your players that you finna go play a team that's their Super Bowl to play you. Them motherfuckers probably thinking about the senior bowl, you know, Deion Sanders, our coach, we get to go pro. Damn it. Focus here. I guarantee you one thing, you would never seen Saban players fuck up like that. Shit come from the top down. That's what come with a celebrity coach, though. You get celebrity shit. Air rap ain't, a lot of rappers have down albums. Feeling yourself. Other shit, discretions. Got to get back to it. That's all I'm saying. That's what I think Zay meant when he was talking about soul searching. But Zay going to be a little bit more diplomatic with it. Okay. Nah, fuck that shit, nigga. You got the goddamn hit it. Shadur is got Shadur is a good quarterback. Shadur got pro potential. Both his sons got pro potential. But at the same time, it's been certain stuff. Like at the sweat uh preseason press conference, Shadur was like, we got a team of guys here because they want to be, not here because they have to be. But you finna go play a group of niggas who here because they have to be. And as much as we don't like it. Mm-hmm. Walter Payton, Jerry Rice, they weren't here necessarily because they wanted to be. They were here because they had to be. You couldn't go nowhere else. 
and I feel like that's the difference in like when you're playing, like it's it's a good thing wanting to be somewhere. But when you got to do something, like, if you got bills that you got to pay, you're going to do what you got to do to pay them bills because you, you got to pay them. But, like, back to the playing, like you said with uh, NC State, uh, they got to be at NC State. I mean, they probably had other options, but, like, their options wouldn't going to probably eclipse that. Yeah. Because if there was, they would have took it. So these players got to be there, and they got to make the best out of their situation. These players at Jackson State, they there because they want to be there because probably them, they could have eclipsed and went to a bigger school. So now they might not play to that same level because they don't got to be there. Not say, I'm not taking away from their talent or none, none of that, but it's just wanting to and have to. It's a, it's a pro and a con. That's okay. okay. Hey, look, when you put it like that, I definitely I definitely can see. No, He can coach. Let me say this. He That motherfucker seeing him, knowing his health struggles, and seeing him take that step in the locker room, that shit would have got me so fired up to play, bro. Like he got some, he got some in him. He can definitely motivate. He can definitely get players to play. I question the game management sometimes, like with the clocks and some of the stuff I seen in the spring. But you can work that out. They go to being a first time head coach too. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? He got a lot to learn. See, as well. I don't think Hugh gonna have them fuck ups because Hugh done been there, done it. That's what I mean when I say he a coach, like he a life coach. Like, he know what to do. Then Grambling going to give motherfuckers hell. They finna give folks hell. Man, yeah. listen, this this, oh, this has been a great topic, great conversation. Like, I don't want it to end, but we we reaching that mark. And uh, I want to ask one last question. And uh, it's still related to uh, HBCUs and, like, all those things. Imagine this 2009. <laughs> you got a son. Oh, Lord. <laughs> he played football or basketball. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Okay. And and I want Haywood to answer first because, uh, James, I want you to answer second. And you'll know why. Uh, they have an opportunity to go to the next level in college and go to – one of these power schools in regards to basketball, all power school in regards to football. What decision would you want your son to make in regard if if this two thousand nine? Like, that, do you want him to go to take that full ride at HBCU, take take that scholarship at a HBCU full ride, or take that full ride at uh, at a Kansas or something if he's playing basketball or somewhere like Bama or Florida State? Or Florida, University of Florida, because we talking about 09. Uh, what what do you what would you, what would you want your kid to do? I'm gonna be honest. <laughs> I'm gonna be completely one hundred percent honest. If it was if it was my son and he and he's asking me personally, and for my advice, I, I would tell him to like go to wherever he would want to go first and foremost being a father. But if if it is like if he's hip heavily weighing on my decision, it would have to be like the like the you know the the pretty much the combine. Like if if he's playing college football in Alabama in 09 or LSU in 09 comes to my door, son, 
You're going. We going to the league. You're going to feed your families and, and bring in generational wealth. Because at the end of the day, this is a business. And you got to make business decisions. Like, I love, like, like being something, a bigger person than yourself. And I love all of this stuff. And But but if he were to make that decision, I'm going to advise him. I'm not going to advise him against it, but I'm going to tell him that he would need to be, he'll have to go even more above the call of duty than going to Alabama or Duke if he played basketball. Because, like, you got to dominate pretty much in these lower-level conferences in order for your worth to be seen, opposed to you just being pretty good at Duke and, like, you know what I'm saying, doing your job and being pretty good at Alabama and doing your job, and you're going to go to the NFL pretty much guaranteed. But you're, you're putting your future at risk going to HBCU, not because of you, but because you have to overly dominate, and that puts even more pressure on you. So if I'm him, and he decide and like, and, and I'm advising him, and Duke, and like, or one of these major programs from basketball or football perspective comes comes and call, I definitely take it. But if it's like one of these middling teams, or if, if he's on the level of like, you know, what I'm saying like, you know, what I'm saying one of these mid tier schools, and you know, HBCU probably wouldn't hurt. I definitely say like, hey man. Go to Tennessee State. Go to Jackson State. And enjoy that. That co- I I lean it based more towards culture. You know what I'm saying? Like as far as like being a, a African American and getting that tradition. Because I don't care what anybody says. Going to HBCU and going to a PWI is two completely night and day experiences. Like the culture from hearing the band to hearing seeing the uh, the dance team and pep rallies and stuff from HBCU, opposed to like. Real, like, I, I didn't go to a PWS, so I won't know, but just based on what you see in, like, kind of side, like, a bunch of partying, like, it's a zillion people around, you know what I'm saying, that kind of experience. So, if it's a major conference and I know it's guaranteed, definitely go to Duke. If I'm playing basketball, I'll definitely go to Alabama. But if it's, like, on the fence and I can go anywhere and be, like, a three-star middle, I say go to HBCU and, and shine or be a big, Big fish in a small pond, and kind of make it smart for you in that in that aspect. So, what you think, James? You know, I'm going to the HBCU, <laughs> but uh, that's one of the reasons why I wanted him to uh, ask a second because I pretty much knew what he was gonna say because me from me knowing James since uh, what 2011, 2012, 2012, yep. 2012. Yep, he's been the most uh, advocate of HBCUs specifically Jackson State that I know. So I already knew it was a no brino asking me asking him that question. But uh you can go and expound on your the point. The reason why. Um okay. Number one, the main reason why I just it's just it's in me. And I'm gonna put that shit in my kids like, you know, and but you don't never know how it's gonna go over. But I'm gonna put that shit in my kids. But let's let's step away from it. Let's just view it from a business perspective. Okay, if you got an offer, you play football, you got an offer from, like you said, Florida in 09, or you can come to Jackson State. Uh, I'm going to be real with you. I'm going to tell you to – I'm going to sway you to Jackson State. And the reason being because I'd rather my kids be one in a million than one of a million. And everybody from Florida go pro – you know what I'm saying? They're a pro factory. You got a chance to be 
a, a, a player of a generation or, or set a standard, you basically could have been Travis Hunter 10, 15 years ahead. You got a chance to set a standard for your generation and generations after. I'm all about legacy. Generational wealth going to come. Because nine times out of ten, nine times out of ten, if you got a legacy, you got some type of generational wealth. Maybe not in the financial department, but in some department, you got some for each generation of your family to look back and they can hang their head on something with my family name. I'm real big on the family name, so I would have recruited them like that. Like I would have told them, son, look, you can be. Listen, you could be uh, Joe Hayden, or you could be Tim Tebow, or you could be Steve McNair. Only one of them an NFL MVP. Man, that's tough. That is tough, man. I, I respect it to the fullest, man, because I can't argue with it. I can't. I really can't argue with it. But it's kind of like, I don't know. I don't know because like it's kind of like taking a guarantee. Like, do I want to guarantee what's best for my family, or do I want to uh, take it on a whim? And like, I don't know. That's a tough decision. Yeah, you see why a nigga single too now? Don't you? <laughs> <laughs> that is tough, man. That is a tough call, man. Because, but like I said, like it was tough for me too, like because I said it would have to be guaranteed, like yeah, it would have to be guaranteed, like it would have to be like Duke coming to my if Coach K came to my doorstep and wanted to wanted my son, I can't turn that down. Yeah, like yeah. I mean, like I can't turn, I can't, I can't say son, look. I'm I'm a I'm a I'm gonna just take away from this. I'm gonna take away from you this automatic ride to the pros, but I'm gonna tell you to go to Jackson State and be a big fish in a small pond and create a legacy. Other than just giving you that guarantee, just like I mean, it could be bigger. Like, yeah. like I mean, like what your like what you saying? Like you know what I'm saying the rewards could be even greater yeah. on that smaller scale, and I definitely don't disagree with that. But to like take away that guarantee, it's like saying like, "Hey, you pretty much asking me like, look, do you want the big Joker in your hand, or do you want the lit Joker in the uh, big Deuce? Which one you taking? Or, or, or do I want the, or, or do I want the big and little Joker, or do I want the 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 big Deuce, the little Deuce, and the big Ace or the or the black Ace? Like, I." I, I <laughs> Gotta yeah, go with the guarantee, and I and I feel you, and uh, and see, uh, but I don't if know. You pull off if you pull off getting those three books with the with the smaller spades, you looked at it as a legend. Like, hey man, how you pull that off? Or you know what I'm saying? Like people looking at you like you the truth. You feel yeah. me? Like I mean, so, it's kind of it, like that. Yeah. What what kind of drives you? What motivates you? What's kind of in, in like in your heart to really do? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like that's as far true. As legacy, that's true. Legacy you gotta know your bigger, kids. Is legacy bigger than fame and money or yeah. wealth? And you know what I'm saying. So that's kind of like that battle. Yeah, you that's right. a definite right. question, yeah. John. Right. I'm, well, I'm glad I had y'all two here to chime in on these topics, man. I know both of y'all are pet. Ever since I've been knowing y'all, y'all been passionate about sports, and uh, I feel like this has been a great conversation. Uh, I hope the viewers and listeners at home will take this and 
you know, leave a comment if you don't disagree or disagree with something or don't, whatever. Do y'all thing. Make sure y'all smash that like button. Make sure y'all leave the rating on the podcast and the apps. It'll help in the algorithm so this can be shared with other people, man. I'm glad to have Haywood, one uh one of the co-hosts of Uncork, and James, co-host of Jacktown Classics, to grace the presence of this platform, man. And uh, we out this thing, man. I appreciate y'all, man. Most definitely, man. Appreciate you, man. Sure. I'm going for 30. I know when I'm curry. Hoping that I fall off. I know it, not worry. It's a body bag. I'm toting the gurney. Keep throwing them flurries. I'm a heavy hitter. Betting on myself, so I ain't never need a builder. Who you is thinking that I can't?